the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word. The Lord is telling Moab the way to escape this judgment, the way to be saved from judgment, the way to be rescued, and the way is through the blood of a lamb. Offer the lambs to the Lord. Go to Jerusalem, go to the temple on Mount Zion and bring those lambs there for sacrifice and you'll escape this judgment. Same is true for us today, isn't it? The way we escape the judgment of God is through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. God's rich in mercy, not only for His children, but also for the world. In Isaiah, God provides a way out of destruction for Moab through the sacrifice of a lamb in Jerusalem they would be able to escape His wrath and experience His mercy and compassion. In a much bigger way, as Pastor Dan points out today, God has provided a sacrifice for you in the person of Jesus. Because of His death on the cross, you've been given a way to escape from God's wrath because of your sin. Have you experienced God's mercy through the forgiveness of your sin? And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapters 15 and 16, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Just as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, that's what I wanted to do for you, Jerusalem. But you weren't willing to let me do that for you. And so he breaks down as he's entering into Jerusalem for that last time and seeing the city and knowing the judgment that's going to come upon that city because they've rejected him as their Messiah and Savior, it breaks his heart to see that. It breaks his heart to see that. And here we see with Isaiah, Isaiah wept for Moab. He wept because of the judgment that was coming down, that would come down upon them because of their wickedness, because of their sin. And I think, you know, that should be our heart too for the lost, right? We don't take pleasure in judgment. You know, we're, you know that, oh yeah, they're getting what they deserve. Right? But just have a heart for the lost that is brokenhearted for those who don't know the Lord, who don't know His salvation, who don't know His grace and His mercy and His love and His forgiveness. Those that have rejected Him. Those that refuse Him. And that was Isaiah. He wept for Moab. He cried for them. Look what he says in verse 5, his fugitives or his refugees, speaking of Moab, shall flee to Zoar. Now Zoar, if you remember, that is where Lot found refuge when he fled from Sodom before Sodom was destroyed. It's also where Moab was born to Lot. And so they, they go back really to where they began 
as a nation to Zoar. And Zoar is way down at the bottom of the Dead Sea. And so the people are are fleeing as the Assyrian military is invading the land from the north and moving down through Moab. The people are fleeing ahead of them and they have fled all the way down to the bottom of the Dead Sea to the town of Zoar and they're, they're seeking refuge there. And it happens to be the place where their nation began, the town where Moab was born. This is breaking Isaiah's heart. He's crying out for Moab, for the refugees who flee to Zoar, like a three-year-old heifer. A three-year-old heifer, it's, it's, in, the, you know, it's in the prime of its life, is the idea. Uh, Moab is in the prime of its life as a nation when Assyria comes in and invades the land and conquers them. Uh, this wasn't like the, the, uh, the nation was already on the way out kind of thing, or already disintegrating when Assyria invaded them. They were in their prime. For by the ascent or the hill of Luhith, that's a city in Moab, that's on a mountain, you have to walk up. They will go up with weeping. For in the way of Horanaim, again, that's in the southern part of Moab, they will raise up a cry of destruction. It talks about the ascent up to Luhith, the way that goes to Horanaim, the road that goes to, to that city. And, and what, the, what it's describing here is the refugees of Moab, you know, traveling along the highways, fleeing from this conflict. This is what's breaking Isaiah's heart to see this happening to this nation, where now they're out as refugees fleeing along the highways. Verse 6, it says, They will raise up a cry of destruction. Then verse 6, For the waters of Nimrim will be desolate, for the green grass has withered away, the grass fails, there's nothing green. Verse 6 tells us that, that even the land, the physical land of Moab, will be judged in this judgment where now the land is no longer green, the grass is withered, the grass fails, there's nothing green left in the land of Moab. Moab is still pretty desolate to this day. It's desert. But there was a time previous to this time that Isaiah is describing when the land was green, was fertile. Now there's nothing green, he says, because of this judgment that comes upon not only the people, but upon the land itself. And Jordan, for the most part today, it's still pretty desert. There's not much green there. Therefore, the abundance they have gained and what they have laid up, they will carry away to the brook of the willows. He says here that the people carry their possessions. And again, you have that picture of refugees fleeing and just whatever you can carry, whatever you can fit in a bag. That's what they have. That's all they have. And they're carrying it with them. They're fleeing. They've got to cross through the brook of the willows. Verse 8, For the cry has gone all around the borders of Moab, all throughout the land. It's wailing to... Eglaim, it, and it's wailing to Beer Elam. Uh, the word Beer, it means well, like a well of water. You know, Beer Shiva is the well of Shiva. So all over the land, the whole land, people are crying and mourning because of the destruction of Moab. For the waters of 
diamond will be full of blood because I will bring more upon diamond. And again, this is a major city in Moab. The rivers there will be full of blood because of the, the death brought about by the Assyrian army. Now look at the end of verse 9. Lions upon him who escapes from Moab. And so these refugees who escape the invading Assyrian army and they're fleeing, they will be attacked by lions along the highway. And it's bad enough they have to worry about the Assyrian army that's chasing them. Now they also have to worry about lions as they're trying to travel and escape, you know, attacking them. 2 Kings 17, 25, the Lord sends lions upon his enemies who do not fear him as a form of judgment against them. And here we see that he sends lions upon those who escape in Moab. You know, this this judgment is just, they can't escape the judgment. There's no escaping it. Uh, Chapter 16, verse 1. Send the lamb to the ruler of the land, or to the ruler of the earth, your translation might say. From Selah, which is Petra, to the wilderness, to the mount of the daughter of Zion. Verse 1 of chapter 16 is a very interesting verse. Second Kings chapter 3 tells us that when Moab was under the control of Israel, that they paid tribute to the northern kingdom of Israel before they rebelled. They paid their tribute money to the northern kingdom of Israel. Not the southern kingdom of Judah, but the northern kingdom of Israel. And we're told in 2 Kings chapter 3, they used to pay 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams every year to the northern kingdom of Israel. They sent all of the wool and all of those lambs to Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom. But now, in verse 1 of chapter 16, now that judgment is coming upon them and they're fleeing for their lives, now because judgment is coming, now the Lord says, send your lambs, not to the northern kingdom, not to Samaria, but send your lambs from Petra, from Selah, which is Petra, that's where they're hiding, across the wilderness, across the desert, that would be the Negev desert, and up to Mount Zion which is Jerusalem in the southern kingdom. And on Mount Zion is the temple of the Lord God. And here, what the Lord says to them as judgment is coming down upon them, the Lord says to them, now send your lambs, send them up to Mount Zion, send them to Jerusalem, send them to the temple of Yahweh. In other words, bring a sacrifice to the Lord. Send a sacrifice. Send lambs to the temple, to Mount Zion. Send a sacrifice and offer a sacrifice to the Lord at His temple on Mount Zion. Offer the lambs. Offer the blood of the lambs. And if you do that, He'll forgive your sins. Do you remember when Solomon dedicated the temple there in Jerusalem And he said, if the foreigner comes and prays and calls upon you, Lord, hear his prayer. 
said, in fact, he said, if the foreigner comes from a far land and he prays, hear his prayer and answer his prayer. And now the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, is telling Moab, send your lambs now, send them across the desert into Judah, up to the city of Jerusalem, up Mount Zion to the temple. And offer your lambs there, the house of God. And the Lord is telling Moab the way to escape this judgment, the way to be saved from judgment, the way to be rescued. And the way is through the blood of a lamb. Offer the lambs to the Lord. Go to Jerusalem, go to the temple on Mount Zion and bring those lambs there for sacrifice and you'll escape this judgment. Same is true for us today, isn't it? The way we escape the judgment of God is through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And that's the only way. That's the only way to be saved is through the blood of the Lamb that was shed on Mount Zion in Jerusalem on that cross for us. Now look at verse 2. So here you see, going back to verse 1, before we move on, the Lord, the Lord is showing mercy to them. He's showing compassion. He didn't do that with Babylon. He didn't do that with Philistia. But here with Moab, he's showing compassion. He's offering them the way to escape this judgment. Now he goes back in verse 2 to his description of their, their condition under this judgment. For it shall be as a wandering bird thrown out of its nest. So shall be the daughters of Moab at the fords of the Arnon. These refugees of Moab, he compares them and describes them as a, as a bird that has been cast out of its nest. They're wandering now through the land, trying to escape. And they're like a bird uh, that has been cast out of its nest, a bird that's lost its home. And here, if you can picture them in your minds, just these, they're out there on these highways, going through the desert, trying to find a place of refuge. Um, and notice in verse 2, most of the refugees are women. He calls them the daughters uh, of Moab. And that's usually the case in a time of war. It's the, the men usually stay and fight or die in battle. And the women and the children are the refugees that, that flee. And these daughters of Moab, the women of Moab, you can picture them. The women, they've got their children probably, and they are fleeing south as the Assyrian military is marching from the north through the land, and they find themselves at the fords of Arnon, the fords of the Arnon. And Arnon is a river that enters the Dead Sea, kind of right in the middle of the Dead Sea, about halfway down the Dead Sea on, the, on that right-hand side, that side that Moab sits on. The Arnon River enters into the Dead Sea. And these women, the daughters of Moab, they come to the fords of Arnon. In verse 3, they say, take counsel, execute judgment. You know, your translation might say, they say, help us or give us advice. Help us make a decision. What do we do? That's what they're crying out when they get to the fords of Arnon. Here they are. They've got the, it's women. There's no, there's no men there to help them. It's women with their children trying to escape war. And they get to the fords of Arnon and they say, help us. What do we do? 
Help us make a decision. We don't know what to do. And why do they say that at the Fords of Arnon? It could be because the Fords of Arnon were very, very difficult to traverse. So they get to the, the Fords of Arnon and they say, help us. What do we do now? How are we going to get down this cliff? How are we going to get up the other side? The Assyrian army is coming down behind you. How are we going get, to get our kids across? How are we going to get all of our pots and pans and whatever else they're carrying across? You can imagine this. So they're marching along and they come to that. And they panic, right? That's why they're saying, help us. Tell us what to do. They need Bear grills with them, right? Bear grills could get them down that cliff and up the other side. <laughs> but they don't have Bear grills. Verse 3. Take counsel. Execute judgment. Look what it says. Make your shadow like the night in the middle of the day or at noon. Hide the outcasts. Hide the refugees. Do not betray him who escapes. They need to find a place to hide. That's what they're saying. We need a place to hide. We can't get, we can't get across this river. We need a place to hide. Somebody's got to hide us in the middle of the day. We're going we to hide from the Assyrians. Now look at verse 4. Let my outcasts dwell with you, O Moab. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler. For the extortioner is at an end. Devastation ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. Now verse 4 makes a sudden change here in the text. Up to now, the text has been describing the refugees of Moab and their plight of trying to escape their, their enemy. But now in verse 4, the Lord speaks to Moab. He's not speaking about Moab. He speaks to Moab and he says, Let my outcasts dwell with you, O Moab. Moab, the, the uh, daughters of Moab, are looking for a place to hide. And here, the Lord just kind of interjects verse 4. And the Lord says to Moab, to receive his outcasts, the outcasts of Judah, to be a shelter to them. Let my outcasts dwell with you, O Moab. Be a shelter to them from the face of the spoiler, for the extortioner is at an end. Devastation ceases. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. The Lord asks Moab to receive his outcasts, Judah, and be a shelter for them, for Judah. Then in verse 5, then in verse 5 describes the establishment of the messianic kingdom at the end of the great tribulation when Jesus Christ comes back and establishes his kingdom on the earth. So what's going on here? Well, many scholars believe that verse 4 speaks of the Jewish people in Israel taking refuge in the land of Moab during the great tribulation. That here it goes from the time of Isaiah, just a few years after Isaiah gave this prophecy. And as we've seen before, Isaiah does this, 
where suddenly now he goes all the way to the end of the age and he goes to the end of the great tribulation. He goes into the great tribulation. When tribulation comes upon the people of Israel and he asks Moab to be a refuge for his people during the time of the great tribulation. Matthew 24. Remember, uh, this is the Olivet Discourse, this second longest sermon of Jesus recorded in the Gospels that he gave on the Mount of Olives. Where he's talking about the, the end of the world, the end of the age, the signs of the end, the signs of his second coming. In Matthew 24, verse 15, he's talking about the great tribulation that will come. The great tribulation is that last seven years of human history where God pours out his wrath upon the earth, upon a Christ-rejecting world. And then at the end of that seven years of tribulation, you have the battle of Armageddon and Jesus Christ returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth. But here in in, uh, verse 15 of Matthew 24, Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in Daniel chapter 9, standing in the holy place, this is when the Antichrist, Christ, this, this world leader at the end of the age, will go into the temple that's in Jerusalem. He'll declare himself to be God and he'll require everyone to worship him as God. This is the abomination that makes desolation Jesus says, when you see that happen, that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then, when that happens, then, and that's going to happen halfway through the seven-year tribulation period, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Those that are in Judea. Judea is the area directly around Jerusalem. It doesn't say those that are living in Tel Aviv or those that are living in Haifa or those that are living in Tiberias, but those that are in that area right around Jerusalem, he says, run for your lives when that happens. And run to the mountains. The the mountains are to the east in Moab. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. The housetops were flat in those days. They're still flat. A lot of houses there. People would go up on top of the house. They had like a patio up there. He says, if you're on top of your house, don't go back down into your house. Take anything out of the house. You don't have time. Let him who is in the field working not go back to his house to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days because that's going to slow you down. He asked me how I know and I say, bring true We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, they're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. 
Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please, take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah, right here on Ring of Truth. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.